I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 404. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes when I study scripture as inspired by a song, I read more and study more than I can include in one podcast episode, either because I have more to say, I mean, I always have more to say, but or because I have two different areas of scripture that I've studied and they are connected by just a simple single thread, but that's it. And that's kind of what happened last week. We used Tremble to inspire our study and it brought me to a, a verse that launched me in two different directions in my study. And so we covered one area last week. And so this week we will be using Andrew Ripp's song Rejoice to explore another area stemming from that same starting point verse. But before we dive into scripture, let's listen. If you have listened to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I generally don't focus on the story behind the song very often because my goal is just to use the song as a springboard to dive into scripture. But this week, I felt like Andrew's own words were worth sharing. And I'll go ahead and link to the article that I got it from in the show notes. You can find those at michellenizette.com forward slash 404. Or if you're already a subscriber to my website, they're in your inbox. So uh, here's a quote from Andrew. I realized the power of music in the midst of an incredibly difficult time in my life. I'd wake up in the morning and immediately feel the weight of the world trying to keep me from finding any glimpse of hope. And he's talking about this as he's sharing the genesis of the song that he wrote uh, with Ethan Hulse. One of the power moves that took me from depression to hope was singing truth out loud over and over and over again until I believed it. Rejoice carries the truth-filled words that got me through that time. Let it lift you up and remind you that hope is always within reach. I love that. Of course we love that, right? Because that's what we're talking about, singing truth, letting the the words of the song become part of the soundtrack of our lives and picking really good songs so that the soundtrack includes words of truth that lead to hope, which is what Andrew was talking about. So with that thought in mind, let's swing back over to Psalm chapter two, where we started last week. 
Psalm 2 verse 11 says, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. So last week we focused in on the phrase fear and trembling. And this week I want to allow this idea of rejoice with trembling to guide us. So the Amplified Bible says, worship the Lord and serve him with reverence, with awe-inspired fear and submissive wonder. Rejoice, yet do so with trembling. Okay, I love this because it's really bringing together a whole lot of Bible study that I've been doing lately, all encapsulated in one verse. Because back in episode 398, I talked about awe and wonder. I used that song, I Stand in Awe by Chris Tomlin and Nicole Serrano. And then in episode 403, I talked about trembling last week using Tremble by Lauren Daigle. And then this week, we're going to talk about rejoicing with trembling using Andrew Ripp's song, Rejoice. So last week when we talked about how the word tremble was used in Paul's letter, we learned that it was used to describe the anxiety of one who distrusts his ability completely to meet all requirements, but religiously does his utmost to fulfill his duty. And I love that because the psalmist is instructing us to rejoice, yet do so with trembling. So yet do so, so rejoice, yet do so as one who distrusts his ability to meet all of the requirements of rejoicing, but religiously does his utmost to fulfill his duty. Doesn't that sound a little bit what like Andrew Ripp was talking about when he said that he sang truth out loud over and over and over again until he believed it? And in this case, the context of the psalm is giving instructions to countries and leaders and peoples who would want to shake free from the perceived bondage of God's ways. In fact, the psalmist says, uh, Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Uh, Charles Spurgeon says this, There must ever be a holy fear mixed with the Christian's joy. Fear without joy, he says, is torment, and joy without holy fear would be presumption. And so it's, it's wise to serve the Lord with fear, with reverential, awe-inspired fear and submissive wonder. You will be blessed when you take refuge in him. Stop fighting against his ways. He's a safe place, and he's not someone to be resisted. But everyone seems to have a different response to God's ways, don't they? So let's consider another account in scripture where there was fear and trembling and fear and rejoicing. So let's let's head over to the opening of a burial cave days after one of the most tragic days in all of history. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28 on the morning of the resurrection of the anointed one. And verse one says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. All right, now I I think we can see why there would be fear and trembling. And I'm not talking about the reverential kind. I'm just talking about the straight up scared kind of fear. Uh, have, have you ever li- lived through an earthquake? <laughs> I have. Uh, not like my friends in Alaska a few years back. Their house, their houses, I have many friends um, kind of in the same area. They just shook so violently. They lost furniture and dishes. Almost everything that was breakable broke. 
and just the terror of it all. And they continued to have post-traumatic stress responses for days and months. I'm going to say even years later because tremor after tremor continued to shake the earth and as it continued to shake their vulnerable resolve. And behold, there was a great earthquake, Scripture says. It was a big one. And it was meant to shake things up figuratively and literally. And a stone that probably took multiple men to move into place and was guarded by Roman soldiers was easily moved by this angel shining like a bolt of lightning. Let's keep reading so that we can take in the entire account. And then as we go, I want to take the bite of making a list. Uh, Bite, by the way, stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. One of my favorite bites is making lists. It's really just a simple way to interact with the text because by making a list, um, it kind of sorts, in my mind, it sorts things out for me, but it also makes me take another bite of slowing down. Uh, It's just hard to read through real fast when you're stopping and writing things down in a list. And I want to focus in on the various responses to this turn of events. It's the responses of the people that I want to make a list of. So verse 4 says, And for fear of him, the angel, of course, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So first on our list, the guards who fainted. They just couldn't take it. The earthquake, the angel, the tomb, they were supposed to be guarding. It was, it was all just too much. And they, and they fainted. <clears throat> now verse 5 says, But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Here is the message and instructions from the angel. And we could actually make a second list if you want to here. There's four things on it in my mind. Come and see the place where he lay. In other words, to prove to yourself that these words, he is here, he is risen as he said are true. Come look for yourself. The second thing is go quickly. There's this sense of urgency to this message. The next thing on my list is tell his disciples he is risen and then he'll see you again in Galilee. Okay, so that's like a little mini list in our list. But let's get back to the main list, which includes responses. Verse 8. So they, the women, departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. There's our fear and rejoicing. And ran to tell his disciples. So here's a response that we can add to our list. The women departed quickly with fear and great joy. And then I'm going to go ahead and add that the women obeyed the instructions. Because they did. They responded in obedience to the instructions of the angel. All right, let's keep moving on to verse nine. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took a hold of his feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. In just these few verses, we see obedience, fear, trembling, rejoicing, reverence, worship, and courage. (laughs) See why I picked this account? All right, let's keep reading. Verse 11, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. So I'm going to add to my list the guards who tattled. It's obvious, you know, that some of the guards were overwhelmed and fainted, but then there were others who weren't overwhelmed at all. They were motivated to tattle. In verse 12, and when they had assembled with the elders, the chief priests uh, is who the they is in this verse, and taken counsel, 
They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. All right. So I'm adding to my list the chief priests and elders. And their response was to offer a payoff for and to perpetuate deception. Okay, in verse 15, so they, the soldiers, the tattling soldiers, took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. All right, so back up next to those guards who tattled. I'm going to add, they perpetuated that deep deception in exchange for money. All right, now verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. All right, so next on my list are the disciples. So what did they do? What was their response to the resurrected Christ? Well, they obeyed and they went to Galilee to see Jesus. That was the instruction that the angel gave uh, them through the women and, and Jesus himself gave through the women. And then what are their two responses? Worship and doubt. Have you ever seen that there before? I'm sure I have, but it strikes me this time in a new way. You know, Thomas always gets the bad rap for being doubting Thomas, but this verse clearly says some doubted. So it stands to reason that Thomas isn't the only one. So here you have his disciples and they are standing before their risen Savior in worship, but some doubted. Really? So let's look back at our list. These are the responses to the resurrection. Fear, trembling, fainting, obedience, urgency, reverential fear, rejoicing, worship, courage, tattling, bribery, deception, worship, and doubt. And when I read this list and I ponder the account recorded in Matthew's gospel, I for some reason, I automatically put people in columns in my mind, you know, like the good guys versus the bad guys. As a girl, I'm thrilled that the ladies showed up and showed out, right? Words like obedience and urgency and reverential fear and rejoicing and worship and courage, all of those things are credited to them. And then I tend to put the disciples and the fainting guards in like that, a column with like that forehead slap emoji in the header, you know, like, what were you thinking? I mean, I know from other accounts in the other gospels that the disciples didn't really take the word of the ladies, which I don't blame them. I mean, I I would want to see it for myself too. But in this account, words like scaredy cat, fainting and doubting are in their column. Okay. And worship too. I, I mean, they did do that too. All right, and then the straight up bad guys column go the tattling guards, the chief priests and elders. These are these are the religious leaders charged with shepherding the souls of their people, and they're completely missing the mighty work of God, and then doubling down with words like bribery and deception. Of course, I like to identify with the good girl column, don't we all? When we put ourselves in the stories of the Bible, we always think we will be the ones responding in obedience with urgency, when honestly, we're really one of the ones standing on the mountain looking at our risen Savior in the face and doubting. Or worse, you know, maybe we're paying off people because what God is doing doesn't match the narrative we like. But all of these responses were real responses to a real miracle that changed the course of history for eternity. So like the psalmist, I think it's good that I warn you, be wise, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. You will be blessed if you take refuge in him. And despite all of these responses, 
Jesus met with his disciples on a mountain in Galilee, the worshiping and the doubting ones, and gave them this final mandate and encouragement. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So let's take the bite of remembering the stories we we read about in the Bible, remembering that they really happened. And I often say, remember the characters, remember the people described in the Bible were real. These responses are real and and resonate with us because they were the responses of real people in a real, exciting, confusing, world-changing point in history. That's why they resonate, because they were real. So place yourself on that mountain with the disciples. If you are a follower of Christ today, this mandate given by our Savior was given to us as well. Feel the dust on your feet. Feel the wind in your hair. Look your Savior in the face. His glorious resurrected face and hear what he is saying to you. Make disciples, teach them to observe all that he has commanded and recorded just for us in his holy word. And then don't fret because you're never alone. He's with you always to the end of the age. And it's that end of the age, by the way, that Andrew Rip is rejoicing about in his song that even led us to to spend some time here in this account. Now, I'm not sure what my response would be if I were alive back then. I think it would have a whole lot to do with my own backstory. Perhaps there's a word on that response list that you don't like because it's not in the good girl column or the good guy column, but it still feels fitting to you. Comes to Come to terms with it. Repent if you need to, but don't miss the mandate before us. How can we teach others what God has commanded us if we don't know his word? So choose now to get committed or stay committed to studying his word. Pray for opportunities to sow the seeds of truth that God has planted in your own life into the lives of others. There's a sense of urgency for our obedience. Take courage. You're not alone. Rejoice with trembling at the feet of your Savior. He is our hope, but there is work to do. So what's next? Well, I've read and pondered this text for myself. Now it's your turn. Start in Psalm chapter 2 and then let it launch you to Matthew chapter 28. Make a list of the responses that you see in the text. Consider what it could look like in your life to respond to our God with rejoicing and trembling. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly at michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat. My public page on Facebook is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what we're learning. All right, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network, a network of podcasts associated with, with New Release Today. I encourage you to head over to newreleasetoday.com and take advantage of all things Christian music, from lyrics to reviews and more, and even check out some of my fellow podcasters in the network. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. Now, you're never too late to jump in. You just submit your name and email address to michellekneesat.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. 
And then before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank uh, my newest subscribers to my website, like Yeezy from Guatemala, Debbie from North Carolina, Mary from Virginia, and Zoe from California. Welcome. Now, new subscribers, here's what you get. When you subscribe, you get a one-page resource of my top five bytes that I've used in the podcast. It's a really useful place to start. You also get that email that I mentioned. I send it once a week. In that email, I put in a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? It encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And I have a new tool to help you leave a review. Just go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using We Need Emmanuel by Brandon Heath to jump into scripture. I always use Christmas music to inspire us to read scripture celebrating the birth of Christ. And it, which is the reason, by the way, for this glorious season. Now, if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 404. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways. <music>